Are you immersed in a sea of business advice and education, but not sure what to embark on first? Instead of adding to the ocean of information, we're here to help you navigate it like a pro. The Wayfinding Growth Podcast will help you take a deep dive into new actionable strategies, tools, and tactics to help you grow. So start charting a course for business growth as you explore a better way to grow further, faster, with your hosts, Remington Begg and George B. Thomas. And here we stand side by side, Mr. Remington Bank, to talk about that side or that way. Well, I don't know. For me, the second direction you went was right, but who knows? (laughs) I don't even know why we play that game, but we are here for another episode of Wayfinding Growth. Episode, can you believe it, 28. 28 episodes we've put into this labor of love and uh yeah. and uh this week we're we're recapping Mr. Dean Delisle from Social Jack micro influencing. What was your like uh what was your take on this episode and maybe even a little bit about Dean? <laughs> yeah, so D- Dean seems like a party um yeah. by himself. So that he seems like he'd be a lot of fun to hang out with after a conference for sure. Mm. Uh, probably during a conference too, but, um, no, I thought, I thought Dean was a pretty cool guy. I was a little, uh, questionable in regards to like what the topic was, meaning our micro influencers. And I have to say he really kind of hit the nail on the head in regards to like, you know, in, looking within almost, I thought it was really cool how that whole process came together, but, and yeah, episode 28, Holy crap. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Like, What's crazy is we've got other ones recorded already that will be coming after this with some yeah. great, great guests. Dean was a great guest too. Here's the thing. It's funny because I was going to use the word firecracker. Dean just yep. seems like a real firecracker to me. And, and, but the thing that I pulled away that you can totally tell is that he loves helping people step up their game to the next level, which is awesome. So, uh, mm-hmm. some, th- some things that we learned in the kind of intro, uh, the, the backstory and, uh, how they make a living and the, the, the milestones and waypoints, which by the way, I love that part of, like the outline now because you start to learn mm-hmm. about the person at a deeper level, but, um, it's definitely he is a learn and do type guy. Um, I picked a part. I know you got a couple uh, notes here too, but I picked a part that um, he loves uh, to observe people and how they do what they do, right? Like, and and I mean to like finite details of what they're doing, and I mean body motion, decisions. Like you could tell. He just inherently pays attention to that because in the story that he told about like uh, working at a restaurant and being a busboy and paying attention to how the guys were acting and networking and where that ended him up and how he realized like this this gift of observation is kind of like a thing moving forward. But what? what yeah. Give me the your take on the backstory and things that you pulled out of there. Yeah, so I've, I'm a people watcher too, which is fun. Um, but one of the things, so way back when, like I came from a background of networking, you know, as well, like, you know, we're talking like peer to peer networking, like boots on the ground, talking to other people at, at, you know, conferences and, um, chamber events and all that jazz. 
it was cool to kind of hear him talk about that and where like a lot of where he came from was seated in that. And and they you know, they've got different types of like personality traits of individuals. This guy is a promoter to the nth. Mm. Right. Like mm. so. So you've got like promoters, you got go getters and then you've got, you know, people that the, the wallflowers and all those like he's definitely like he may stop for a second to be the wallflower, but he's definitely not the guy that hangs out there like not talking to anyone. Right. Right. Um, and and connecting with him on social like that's pretty apparent, too. But I think one of the cool things was is he brought like, you know, we're talking about micro influencers. First thing is you go into this thought process of like the Internet side of things but it was cool because like it all started with him of just of like being in real life you know and and um i thought it was pretty cool that you know it was rooted in the restaurant industry because i remember those days and it's funny a majority of the people that work at impulse all have those days behind them so it's just one of those things that i think there's some traits there um in, in like life learnings we'll say it's funny that like we're even having this conversation of people immediately think of like online networking and, and that right. you're like, but it, it started out in real life. Like the sad part <laughs> of the story, Remington, is that Dean and I are old enough to remember life pre-internet, like be- <laughs> before there was online networking. So right. it had to start there. Um, but I, I do love the fact that it is like just it's a very human uh, direction that he took with this as we move forward and talk a little bit more and getting into charting uh, the course. Um, a lot of times you hear about influencer marketing and, you know, it's all about the you pay this guy, his name's Michael Jordan, X amount to drink your beverage. And, and right. what was interesting is I pseudo thought that that was okay, we're going to talk about that. But with people who don't like make millions of dollars, and that's really not what the conversation was about at all. Um, yeah, I want to. I want to just say when we got to the charting of the course, there was there's a couple of things. I'm going to pull out one right now and then let you talk a little bit on this section. But one of the things that I kind of heard as an underlying piece of the entire charting the course was Dean looks at hurdles. Um, might I say entirely different than most people because when he would start to reference somebody's hurdle uh the 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 guy uh eight followers on LinkedIn one eye could only be on the internet for like two seconds rewind it it's it's not that bad it's pretty close close to that bad (laughs) but like Dean doesn't look at hurdles as these stoppers or obstacles he he sees this and he's like, oh, there's an opportunity. How can I spin this? I really loved that side of the whole kind of thread through the interview and especially in the charting of the course. But what were your major takeaways when we started to go down that uh, voyage, if you will? Yeah, so so I'm a systems guy. So before we get into charting the course, one of the underlying things that, that I took took from him is like from the get-go he started like he created these systems and processes or as he called it a formula and then like took that strategy and ran with it and um and i think that that is like charting the course to to an nth degree when you think about it that way 
you know, businesses operate on formulas and operate on processes and stuff. And it, it what's really apparent, and he talked about a whole bunch of different businesses where they were super successful, you know, they got acquired and all that. And and it's pretty apparent that he's a systems guy as, mm-hmm. as outgoing as he is. <clears throat> and so while sometimes you can look at that and go, wow, this guy's just like super high upbeat and he seems like he's, you know, he's shooting from the hip. At the same time, I think it's also very calculated that, that there's more than meets the eye. And that was one thing I thought was really interesting from, from that point because, you know, we have SOPs that drive just about everything we do here at Impulse. And, and I, you could tell just in how he talked about it that it wasn't like from the hip. And I, that's something I really respect. Yeah, that's interesting because I really, I didn't think about that, but there typically are two different types of individuals. There's the person who can just fly with it. Right. Yep. Just go like rock and roll. Which and is a then, double-edged sword. Yeah. Right. <laughs> without a doubt. Without a doubt. And, and to be honest, I would say, not that there aren't processes behind me, but there are. There's a large amount of time where I'm just like, "Hey, hit the button. Let's make something." And, right. And, right. And so, um, so it's interesting that you saw in Dean almost both pieces of this, where it was like. Yeah. Okay, I built this foundation, this formula, uh, and now I can just it, – it frees me almost to to be out on the edge where it feels like I'm flying by the seat of my pants. But I always have this foundation to go back to. Yeah. And as I'm talking about this, Remington, I think about historical guests that we've had on the show. And one thing that you and I will say like when the show is over, <laughs> not when the guest is on – is like we'll say they're still mapping out their journey. Like they're they're still trying yep. to understand how to tell the story. The story is told, which allows that Dean to live on the fringe like that. I think that's maybe what you were kind of seeing, yeah. feeling. That's very interesting. It's yeah, very interesting. So then, then when we did get into their, like charting the course and and the and the topic of micro influencers, micro influencers being like better defined. And, you know, he defined that as anyone that has an audience under 10,000. Um, and, and I thought that was interesting because, um, that starts to open up a lot of opportunities for corporations and companies, um, because, he had mentioned quite a bit that everyone is like looking out mm. for influencers yeah. and no one's no one's looking in the mirror or even looking internally within an org. And while there's a lot of responsibility on that, um, you know, the thought came of like, you know, teach them. Um, don't it's like, an oh man, it's it's this saying about employees like it's like treat them as if they're never going to leave, you know, or something like that. Anyways, yeah. I totally jacked that up. It's but, all good. It's all good. But when we're talking about like the look where to find these people, like I have to admit, I was immediately thinking like influencer marketing as a as a label and just kind of chalking it up to that. And then once we started having the conversations about it, um, he said that he he mentioned a couple words a few times and and um, employee advocacy. Yeah. Right. And he mentioned that quite a few times. And then and then I really love the whole advocacy team. I wrote I actually wrote down some notes on the side of that. So like when you start thinking about like your employee advocacy, you know, there's obviously you can have like one person who you're trying to be a micro influencer. But then there's there's a really huge opportunity to turn your whole company into into an advocacy team. And I think that um, I think at Impulse, we're even kind of on our way with that. But when we start talking about like giving them the freedom, 
there the final piece was a quote that was like, don't reel them back. Like, build out your system. And it's funny because now we're referencing this again. He's like, build out your system and embrace it and let people do their thing that makes them feel good. Like, don't reel them back. Like, let them be free and actually see what kind of comes from it. And I thought that that was, that was pretty incredible because you've got, especially nowadays, like socially, I mean, like social media here, like diversity is huge. There's a lot of different ways to say the same thing. And as long as you have that core foundation and that, that SOP in regards to who you are and what you stand for, then I think there's a lot of flexibility in letting people talk about it because they're going to attract different people. Yeah, it's, it's funny that we're going down this avenue and the advocacy team because – as I was watching this for the recap, I, I realized that there's a question that if I had the opportunity, which I probably could because I could say, Dean, let's get on a call. But <laughs> if I could go back in time and ask during this interview, there's a question that I think is part of a part of this that we didn't ask. And that is, how do you get companies to get past the mindset of keeping their employees down and and let me just what i mean by that is i've been in a very unique situation i feel for the last eight years meaning every company that i've worked for for the last eight years has embraced giving the freedom to an employee of building their own brand in the mm-hmm. understanding that at some point in time – and shoot, Marcus Sheridan even said in a video, like, I know someday he might not be at this company. By the way, guess what? Not at the company. But was <laughs> but was willing to give the freedom and the ability to be an advocate of that brand, the sales line, an advocate of uh, the brand Impulse Creative – but still be able to to go out there. Like there's never been, uh, you know, nobody's ever really for the last eight years reeled me back in. Um, And so my question is, because I think that's an anomaly, by the way. I think most companies, especially when you get into larger companies that need micro-influencers more, they're willing to do – what is needed less meaning mm-hmm. like uh there's your cubicle uh eight hours uh clock in clock out uh can't say those things uh don't be that guy like which is weird to me yeah well i think so i think there's a couple things there so i think we're seeing a really big shift from a from a corporate standpoint of what people will tolerate meaning mm-hmm. the outside public and and I hear it every day, not from our team, but like when we're talking to people about branding services, they're like, oh, like, we really need to make our website feel more human or more authentic. And 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 it's a really int- it's a really interesting thing because the natural the natural piece to it. I mean, we've done a couple of videos for companies and they're like, I don't know if we should put these people on video because they might not be here next year. Right. And then at the same time, you're like. Well, wait, what if you did put them on video and they stayed? Yeah. Right. What? Yeah. And then, and then take that step further. What if you didn't put them on video and they stayed? Like, what kind of value could they have created? So I think that that's that equation, that value equation that you're talking about. But authenticity is really crazy 
when you start thinking about that. And I'd never, again, never thought inside um, from a micro-influencer point of view. But when you think about the company paying Michael Jordan to drink their drink, like it's obvious, like people aren't stupid. It's obvious that Michael Jordan got paid right. to drink the drink, right? right. It's um, If it's some other person that's like, oh, I'm really enjoying this beverage and – they're, you know, they're doing a lot of the same things that Michael Jordan did. I feel like you may not reach as many people, but I think that if you did that times five different people, it's probably cheaper for one. And then two, you're you're also in control of more of your brand because people were looking at Michael Jordan because Michael Jordan. They weren't looking at they weren't looking at that video because of whatever drink he was drinking. Yeah. You know, where it's the other way around with the, the other stuff. So, yeah, like like let's put it this way. I'm I'm going to put it in some real world scenarios here. I watched the Panthers play football. Uh at the end of every game, Cam Newton puts on a Gatorade towel over his head and he walks around. I have yet to get thirsty for Gatorade after a Panthers game. However, yeah. Somebody who I hang out with a lot drinks a beverage that is Captain and Coke. And all of a sudden, <laughs> I find myself drinking a lot more Captain and Coke than I do other beverages sure. uh, in the evening, of course. Like, I don't right. start at like 10 o'clock well, in the a.m. or anything like that. But, not but, 10 o'clock in the a.m. But, but, my, but my point is, the micro-influencer has created more of a day-to-day change than this paid influencer, um, which is interesting because I go to another one of Dean's stories in this section where he talked about the small bank and how the small yep. bank is like exploding socially over like a national uh, chain. And, and that's the thing. To your statement, people will come to us. We want, uh, we want our website to be more human. The only thing that has ever been human is humans. So right. it's not that difficult to understand what you need to do. You need to show your places, your faces, like your employee images, your employee videos, like yeah. tell the employee stories, like let them be these micro influencers that they could be. Listen, anyway, I digress. Go yeah. Ahead. Yeah. 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 So the last part was um, I really like the concept because we're also getting a lot of people asking us to help with influencer marketing. And, um, and so Dean's really kind of helped me in that regard because then I immediately go to like, who in your team can we turn into influencers? And you should see people's faces. What do you mean? And so he, he talked about social teaming and that the, the focus was like to have an inside team that's evangelizing and then, and then focus on an outside team after that. And, and I thought that that was really interesting because if you think about like any other like service level agreement, handoff from marketing to sales, like you got to have your sales in order before you start marketing. Like you've got to, you've got to make sure that the handoff is there. Otherwise, you know, it's not going to be as effective. And that was a really cool, um, a really cool insight that I, that I baked into as well. Yeah, you know, it's funny because, and I may have been thinking about this completely wrong, but when he started talking about social teaming, and especially like you just saying inside a group of people, like to me, because he's not a Michael Jordan, he's not a, uh, you know, um, Van Halen or uh, a whoever, right? Like, like the, the big, man, I just dated myself with Van Halen, didn't I? Like, uh, whatever. It is what it is. But it, like... Gary Vaynerchuk, he's a marketer, 
but he yep. has he has created this massive perception of internet success and being socially known to the point where he's even getting on like you know uh the the one iTunes Apple show that he was a uh, planet of the apps right mm-hmm. but but that's because when it was possible he created a social team it just so happened to be wrapped around his personal brand but there were people who loved what he was doing, loved what he was building, were advocates of that, but also able to pour their energy into the messaging that would come back out through him, back out through D-Rock. Like, and so, like, my mind went to, ooh, so if you do, Remington, find those people in companies that can be the micro-influencers, once they start to get a up-and-to-the-right curve to their influence, the gas that needs to be poured upon that may be a couple different things. It could be paid ads to the things that they're creating. It could be an assistant or two to help like double, triple, quadruple down on the content that they're creating. But it's diagnose, and then it's you know I don't know what word I want to use, but it's like like launch, like take, help them take off. Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind of where my brain went with that as far as social teaming, though. So I don't know if I'm right, I don't know if I'm wrong. Yeah, you know, but Dean will probably let me know. He's the type of guy he'll be right. like, "Yo, dude, you're wrong." Like, you're wrong, and then we'll do a like we'll do a, a recap recap episode. Yeah, to yeah, kind of set it straight. There you go, but. Um, yeah, no, I think that that's, I think that that's on point. And I think that, you know, as we start to talk about some of the pool, some of the pools, some of the tools, um, you know, you start to kind of uncover how even a marketing team can, can hang on to that. But before we, before we jump into the navigational tools, the last piece was, um, you know, the first question is like, who do we, who do we set up to be a micro influencer in our org? And, and I thought it was, um, I, you know, Dean didn't really come out and say that. I'm sure he has an answer, but it was one of those things where like I start looking internally into the team and you start looking at people who are passionate, um, and are able to evangelize the brand in the first place. Right. And so paying attention to those individuals and then also looking at some CEOs could be really great representations of, you know, of the company or not. Uh, yeah, or not. So you're right, but but some can, and like the um, you know, the CEO of uh, T-Mobile, um, is is a perfect example of that. Where you know you look at, like I don't even know the CEO of AT&T. Like I don't even know what his name is, but but I know that the the CEO of T-Mobile is superhuman. Yeah, you know what I mean in regard yeah. to how he talks. Like he, I think he even dumped the suit. Like his first day, he was like, forget it. Um, and he's always wearing pink stuff like, you know, he's totally embracing the brand. And I think that 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 is a perfect example of a micro influencer. Um, of course, they're a huge company, but but you don't have to be a team mobile in order to make that happen. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I right. think I think uh, and then we'll jump into tools. I think if you're sitting here watching this or listening to this and you're like, well, OK, I want to try to fish around for a micro influencer. I think the closest possibly person that you're going to find if it's not like you as the 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 owner or the you know vp or ceo or whatever your title is i would look into my sales team first to be honest with you because sales teams are inherently used to being the advocate of it yeah 
So, um, the, I mean, that's, that's a great point. And the sales, the sales leaders probably have the quickest path to benefit as long as they're not being salesy. <laughs> because if they are being salesy, then that's a whole nother issue, right? Because the whole point is like connecting and creating and sharing value. Um, I think that was one of the big, like under, underlaying things there. Yeah, without a doubt. So some things we talked about, tools, and it was interesting yeah. because, man, there were some new tools, antiquated tools. Uh, we even did a shout-out to Sumo about how they needed two little buttons. Um, I boiled this whole thing down, though, to, like, one core thing, and that is simply listening. Like, whatever tool you can use to listen to your audience <laughs> – so, by the way, you can have every digital tool on the planet, but if your ears fail to work, it doesn't yeah. matter. If from your ears to your brain, it doesn't connect to what they're truly saying because you're focused on speaking all the time, it mm -hmm. doesn't matter. And so what I mean by this – and and. I mean, you know me, I kind of go into my little cave sometime and I start dissecting things and paying attention to, and is that like, if, if Dean truly means what he said and he's like, Hey, you know, you're a micro influencer, then this whole concept of like understanding what I should be talking about or understanding, um, what's needed of me from the world, from the community shouldn't be an issue. As long as I'm listening, I have yeah. the tools out there that are listening. Once the tool brings me the information, I'm actually using my ears and eyes to listen to the topics or the conversations. And then my brain is able to take that and tie it to truly, and I say strategy, but I mean the human conversations that need to come back out of what has brought in from. And I think sometimes when people think about influencers or micro-influencers, they think of it more as a preacher mm -hmm. in, uh, behind a pulpit than potentially a uh, long-lasting conversation amongst friends. And I don't know point. why I got that out of tools, Remington, but that is where my mind went when we started to talk about all these tools and, and Dean's mindset to Google alerts and hashtags and kind of diving into that. Yeah. Well, what was really funny to me is like he immediately said, don't buy any influencer tools. Like he was pretty brash about that too. He was like, stop, like don't buy any because like that's not going to be the way that you're going to find the ones you need. And I, I thought that was pretty interesting. So like if you were in search for an actual influencer, forget micro influencer for a second, but like an influencer, the first thing you're like, oh, I'm going to buy this tool. And, and he kind of tied it into, well, why don't you just search for people that are making a lot of noise around certain topics? So search topics. And there's been a couple other people that have talked about like content strategy and that kind of thing that have almost a very similar conversation, but like lead with topics. And then um, so Google Alerts was huge. And he said, use the hashtag, like actually like search the hashtags in Google Alerts. And that really blew my mind because I, I use Google Alerts all the time. But like actually like referencing hashtags kind of widens it up. And that's a free tool, people. Right. So so that was a big one. But um, but the other going back to your point about listening is, you know, 
if you're trying to become a micro influencer in your organization, you've got to be where the conversation is. And so you get to choose, um, you know, especially if you're rep, if, especially if you're not representing a company per se, but you're representing something passionate that you're passionate about. But if you are able to represent the company you work for, then you're going to, you're going to be looking out for certain conversations around things and you're going to engage in conversation and conversation is to your point is a two way street, right? We got to, we got to have a soapbox moment and then we've got to actually sit down and listen to someone else on theirs and then engage in that conversation. So I think that the listening tools, which is pretty much what all of them were that he had shared were some of the, some of the bigger ones. And I do have one more to add, which is HubSpot's social tool. Like their social, their social listening tool is pretty legit. Um, if you set it up the right way and you can get daily notifications and whatnot. So, you know, as, as you're doing that, you could use the tools that you already have. This was another point that Dean had. Yeah. Uh, but look for the listing pieces, not the promotion pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of promotion, this episode is brought to you by the Impulse Creative website and marketing audits, video audits. If you want to make sure you're getting a hundred percent ROI out of the things that you are doing, especially in 2019, you need to get a hold of us. We're going to help you out. We're going to get you going. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. Speaking of going, we went to the Bermuda Triangle, home of or used to be home of Remington <laughs> Bag. You know, it's funny. I've noticed I've done that in like seven or eight episodes now where I'm like, time to go home. Uh, and I did it again yep. in this one, which is funny. And I know I did it in one about seven or eight episodes from now as well that is going to be coming out, which is maybe why, maybe why my brain uh, went there. And speaking of time travel, Dean and I, we, we talked, talked about, about that again. during this episode as well. So yeah, um, here's what's interesting. So for me, there was a piece I'm going to talk about that I'm going to let you roll for a hot minute because I always love when you roll because it gives me other things that I didn't really <laughs> think about. Um, Dean talked about how people will work on becoming these micro influencers. Um, and then all of a sudden they'll do this thing where they'll just go dark mm. and, and it might be because, um, the conversation that's being had, it might be because of a hater. It might be because they got in their own mind and they decided, you know what? It's not working when they're literally like two steps away from it blowing up, which by the way, super, my biggest fear ever is that I have done everything that I've done uh, for like the last X, Y, Z years. And then one day I wake up and go, uh, I'm done with this. Only to find out when I like meet Jesus and God himself in heaven, they're like, you know, like a day later, well, the day later, it would have like, this is what would have happened. But so, so, but so for me, that was like, oh yeah, man, I like, I know what he's talking about and kind of. For me, going dark, I was like, okay, that means we need to talk about perseverance. Um, we need to talk about consistency and just actually consistently persevering in that thing that you're trying to do as uh, a micro-influencer. Like if you're listening to this as the community and you're, you know, we all wake up and we're like, uh, that's just, I just don't know. Like if I'm in I wanted, a loop. Yeah, I'm in yeah. a, I'm in a loop. Oh man. Yeah. Groundhog day, right? If you feel that way, just remember, like it's, it's just, it's a thing we all go through. Just keep going. Next step, next step, next step. Eventually you'll walk out of it. You'll, you'll be out of the storm. You'll be into the sun. Um, I know that's weird, but hey, like it, that's where my head went when Dean was talking about this whole journey of being an influencer. And then just like, where do you go? 
Like, and that's literally what he's like, mm. where'd they go? They're like gone. So right. be careful. Well, I have to, yeah. And I have to say, like, I'm even, I'm even guilty of that. Like, you know, it was on my daily cadence of, uh, drift videos and then I got sick for a week and a half and then what was it? Christmas party week. Yeah. Yes. It was yeah. a whole week. Yeah. The team came down. Lots of fun, by the way. But, um, but you know, and then it's to a point where you just got to roll it back into your your agenda. But I think one of the one of the big things you mentioned perseverance, which happens to be a core value of ours. Um, you know, that's a big piece. But I think it's also realizing and understanding where you need to go. Mm. Like and and again, this ties into wayfinding in the first place. Like where are you coming from, and where where do you need to go? And then you've got to figure out the steps along the way in order to get there. If you start losing sight of that. Like let's say your goal is to get a thousand a thousand subscribers, like as a micro influencer, and you hit a thousand and you don't reset or reaffirm any goals, like that's suddenly when you I think people could risk going dark because they're like, Hashtag I made it and then they're like and then they slow down and then they lose all of that momentum. And that's the other thing. Like yeah. we've seen we've seen some really great movement and momentum going because of the cadence and keeping things keeping things like alive and moving that if you go dark, it seems like it's harder to roll it back up and get it started again. So, um, so yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. It's like, what do they say about, uh, you know, keep the engine running. Cause yeah. it's, it's, it's hard to get it started again. It's funny because when you were talking about like, I've, I've arrived and then the whole now what I went through that a couple of years ago where I had this goal to speak at inbound. Just, it didn't matter. Break out in the bathroom by the water fountain. I didn't care. I just wanted to speak at inbound. Right. Um, and when I achieved that goal and I had not had anything reset or ready, there was like this, um, this moment in time where I literally felt like the ship was just in the middle of the ocean. And that's when you get seasick. Yeah, that's when you get sick. And like there was, there was no map. There was, I didn't, I couldn't see any land. I mean, and, and that is not a good place to be in. And by the way, yep. and if you hear Remington talk about this and, and you're like, but I don't have any goals. Might I say that you create a goals board quite quickly because it is yeah. it is game changing to have a, a board written out of goals that you see each and every day to keep you kind of going in the direction of uh, that path that you want to go down. So, yeah, a couple more things here that that I thought were pretty big. You know, everyone wants to measure everything like right away. Right. So understanding it's a long game and the short game at the same time. I, I'm going to say that every episode until the end of time. But um, but <laughs> but really, like Dean mentioned, like, don't let like look at your stats as more like confirmations, but do not take your eye off the people on the inside that you're actually like influencing or communicating with. Because if you lose sight of that, that that makes it so suddenly you're not going to be in the in the position of providing value as much as just looking at your audience as a number. Mm. And I thought that that was a really interesting perspective because in the beginning you have time maybe to care about each and every single person you talk to. And then when you start getting busier, that, that equation of time may start to dwindle a little, but don't, don't take your, <coughs> excuse me, don't take your focus off of the actual people that are making it all possible. 
So I thought that was a really cool, uh, really cool piece. And then we got into pirates. Yeah. Yeah. That's that pirate boy. It, it's funny because you talk about don't lose sight of what you have. And in my mind, that was like, yeah, like you should, you should be, um, <laughs> positive. Like, like the gratitude, like you have these things, whether it's community members or a platform or, uh, you know, just you woke up this morning, like you have a lot of things that are awesome. And it was funny because then Dean, we asked about the pirate and he said, you know, you let personal things go negative. Um, you start to think about not being, um, good. You're not calling out the elephants in the room. Um, you know, and, and the big, the big word, uh, you let fear, uh, get in there. Right. right. And, uh, and you know, false evidence appearing real. That's what fear is. Like we, we never look back at something and are afraid of it. That's, that's, that's amazing to me. Like you can yeah. think six months back, six years back, you're like, mm, I made it through it. Like there's, it's, right. it's only things that you cannot perceive, uh, that allow us to have fear. And so I, sometimes I even battle with like, is it even a real thing? Like, should it even have the power that it has over us? But, um, we've all dealt with it. Yeah. We've, we've all seen those things. And, and you know, it's funny because, um, I always jokingly say I don't care about being idiot online. So I just like let it all hang out. But Dean mentioned like, you know, most people, some people, I think a lot of people are afraid of looking stupid. And so therefore they won't allow themselves to elevate into uh, this micro influence or even major influence or level that they could potentially have. Yep. Yeah, and the last part for me was, you know, how he tied into the pirate. He actually like it was it's almost like a bonus right at the end. He was stay connected to your competitors, but be, just focus on being the best that you are. Don't focus on comparing that. Um, and you know that brings up a couple really really interesting points. Don't don't compare yourself because you don't know the other the other people's stories. You also in a lot of cases don't know how long they've been working on that. And so the, you know, the natural thing is to be like, well, how come I'm not like them? And then realize that they've been doing it for eight years. Like you got to, you just got to work. And so if you stay focused and true to what you're trying to accomplish and then just focus on like those, those flags of that you're winning and doing what you need to do, I think it's, it's really big, but fear can be really tough. And I think un, realistically categorizing yourself against others, um, especially competition in spaces can, can be damaging to your own momentum. Yeah. So I thought that was some really good, uh, insights without a doubt, without a doubt. So you know what? Captain killing it. That's what time it is. However, yeah. I'm super curious. I'm going to go with this a different direction. Remington, you, yeah. you went through this with Dean Mm -hmm. You listened to uh, kind of the conversation of uh, look inside first. Yep. When you think about people in general in Impulse Creative, if you were and, – and I'm pulling myself out of this. Okay. Right? I'm pulling myself yeah, out of this. Yeah, because you're the captain killing it on well, the last Yeah, episode. yeah. So I'm not in this. But when you think <laughs> internally to our team – and the potential of being micro influencer and not being allowed to say everybody. 
because yep. like I know our team and we easily could say everybody. When you think of micro influencer and impulse creative, who do you think would be this week's captain killing it? Man, that's tough. Mm, isn't it? It's like it's like choosing your favorite child. <laughs> Which is maybe why I did it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so I, I think there's I think there's a couple um a couple different ones for a couple different reasons. Um we've got some some uber smart people at Impulse mm. Creative. Um and I think that there are there are some people who can get in their own way. Um but not even not even calling out specifics. Some people that uh, I'm really enjoying seeing in our videos and seeing out publicly, and I'm not choosing just one, but I won't say everybody, is, you know, um, Jackie on our team is super passionate about sales enablement and inbound yeah. sales type stuff. And she's just absolutely killing it in general. You know, um, and she's used, a lot of times she's the first face that people actually like communicate with on a day to day. So whether she's out promoting it socially or not, you know, she's definitely there. And I know she's hungry to kind of like leap into doing more promotional stuff. Um, but then you got then you've got some other some other surprises. And I mean that in the most respectful way. Um, <laughs> you know, Jen, uh, Jen on our team, she's one of our content marketers. Um, she has, she has a drama or acting background and you could tell like she's super animated, but her videos are quite compelling. And then a little like back of the house, um, initiative here is Noel is the one putting a lot of these videos together and, you know, you've got to have that really good back office. But, um, Noel himself, I think could also be really, really great in the front of the camera. And I always go back to, um, our hiring process, mm. right? And like Noel's video when we hired him was on point. So all these people like definitely have the potential. It's a matter of like enabling them in the right way. And I'm not a hundred percent sure that we've done that yet, but mm. 2019 is, is coming around. And then two, um, giving them a platform to roll. And so there's a lot of different things internally from a priorities point of view, but yeah, I would say Jackie, Jen and Noel are um are all captain killing it in regards to trying to move but everyone at the team does a really great job yeah i mean it's a pretty big initiative across the board for everyone to be doing videos um so yeah, so, yeah. and everybody can be mad at me because i stopped you from listing everybody so right. when the team listens to this they'll be like well george, really is george, 14 of them yeah don't let george fool you yeah george, george tied remington's hands it's my fault so <laughs> Anyway, any last parting thoughts or words before we close this bad boy out, Remington? Yeah, I think that um, I think everyone should write down the top five things that they are passionate about from a content or like it doesn't even matter what it is, business or personal. Um, throw a Google alert in there and start getting your news from all sorts of different areas because I think we don't realize the bubbles we're in sometimes. Mm. And and uh, using using Google Alerts or some other tools like that to kind of reach similar topics that are outside of our comfort zone, I think has a lot of potential. Yeah, the bubbles that we live in, a whole nother 
podcast episode. topic. I'm just saying. <laughs> hey, my parting words were make sure you check out Social Jack. Make sure you connect with Dean and uh, see if there is something there for you as far as your team in influencer marketing or micro-influencer marketing. Start listening 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 don't always try to be talking um that's going to be key and one word that we tried to stay away from i think you might have said it once but it was <laughs> just used over and over in the original interview with dean is be your authentic self that is the key to doing this online and doing it right. Look, if you're yeah. listening to this on your favorite podcast, then make sure you go over to iTunes and leave a rating and review. We would love that. We'd love to know what you think of the shows. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit the bells, the likes, the subscribes, all the things so we know that you're part of the community. And until next time, make sure you're doing all you can do to leave the dock of mediocrity and set sail for your success. Woo! Yee-hee. Nice. And record.